talking and working with some of the pastors over there in Pakistan, and we, you know, we've been having these uh, prayer meetings in these different areas and so forth, and they go out and scout out the land, I told you, and then they bring the people in, and we have these meetings. They've been powerful meetings, people getting healed, people getting delivered, people getting saved, amen, people fall in love with Jesus, and, and so it's really awesome. And um, so our goal is to, to plant, you know, uh, four churches within the next year there, and then eight churches within the next two to three years. Amen. And so, of course, I told you all our goals, some of our goals here in the next two to three years is to plant, you know, probably about four to six churches and homes. Amen. But, um, but I'm excited about what God's doing there. But we've been working together with them, and we have found two buildings that we're praying about right now. And um, kind of trying to lock that down and see which one's going to be best. And, and I'll share, I'm going to share with you on Sunday some pictures. I'll share some pictures of our last uh, uh, prayer meeting, amen, and some pictures of the crusade. And I'll share with you some pictures of the building, amen. And um, they're going to be building, uh, they're going to actually be building a, a pulpit. I said, you got to get a pulpit, man. They said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make one. We'll build it. He's, and he says, in, in the front of the pulpit, we're going to put VL in there. I said, come on now. So I'm excited about that, amen. And you need to be a two. And um, so we're growing, amen. We're expanding and uh, excited about what God's doing in Quinlan and in some of the other areas as well. But let's go to the scriptures today. I'm actually, God put it on my heart to start up a new series. And um, so I'm going to be preaching to you a little bit of a series. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a Wednesday night series or if it'll be, you know, a series till we, till God says not, but uh I want us to, I want to, God put this on my heart to have a series, and the series is about servanthood. Amen, servanthood. And my, my topic today is called to be a servant in the house of God. Called to be a servant in God's house. And so I want us to look at that a little bit tonight as we prepare, amen, for some things that are coming. I told you we have another outreach. It's a hallelujah harvest. We're going to do a hallelujah harvest uh, where for, you know, what the secular world celebrates Halloween and all that. And we're going to celebrate a hallelujah harvest and try to be a blessing to the community. And that is planned for the Sunday before, Sunday evening before uh, Halloween. Halloween falls on a Tuesday this year. Amen. But we're going we're gonna to get prepared for that. But let's look at the scripture real quick today. And we're going to start out in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And let's start in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. And you're going to get to meet some of those pastors from, uh, from Pakistan. God willing, they're going to be coming here soon. Amen. And I know.
know that y'all will love them. Amen. Fall in love with them like God, God has made me fall in love with them. Amen. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1. And the word of God reads, he says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him as Moses also was in all his house. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, but just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. And if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope from until the end. Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Let's pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to anoint this time together anoint this word father help us god to hear your voice today lord we may be tired we may be wore out but father quicken in our spirit tonight to hear what you have and father i ask you to speak to your people god don't let them hear from me but let them hear from you jesus as i decrease and you increase in this house i thank you for forgiveness of sins i thank you father god for washing us whiter than snow have your way today in Jesus' name, and all the saints of God said, amen. If you would, give the Lord a hand praise today, amen. So I want to start this series up, amen, talking about servanthood. And I want to talk to you specifically tonight about called to be a servant in the house of God. Called to be a servant in the house of God. And as we look here in this scripture, in chapter 3 and verse 5, it says, Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. So as we look here, we begin to see, uh, and we know about the story of Moses. And Moses was recognized as a faithful servant of the Lord. He was recognized as one that was faithful in the house of God. He wasn't one that was perfect. 
but he was one that was faithful. He wasn't one that uh, had anything special other than he had a calling from God and he recognized that he was to be a servant of God. So I want to talk to you about that briefly today because when we look at ourselves as born-again believers, of those that have been saved and set free, of those that have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, one thing that we have to begin to realize is once that salvation, amen, occurs, we're saved for more than just to go to heaven. But we're saved in order to become servants of the Lord. Now, I want to share a scripture with you right here. And I don't know if you, you recall this, but, you know, when we're called home to the Lord and, or when Jesus comes back for, for his bride and we're standing right there, amen, at that beam of judgment, amen, or the judgment seat of Christ. You know, one thing that is going to begin to occur is we're going to hear something that is communicated by the Lord. And for those of us that have been faithful, for those of us that have done the will of God in our lives, this is what we'll hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Somebody say, I got to become a servant. Somebody say, I got to become a faithful servant. See, one thing about Moses... First of all, he was a servant. Second of all, he was a faithful servant. One thing about Jesus, first of all, he was a servant. Second of all, he was a faithful servant. His whole goal, both of these people's focus and goal was how they could effectively serve the Lord. Jesus came to do nothing other than the will of his Father, to glorify his Father, amen, to do what the Father did, said to do, and to speak what the Father said to speak. And he came to serve the people of God. And I want you to look at this because a true a believer, a true believer as well as a true Christian is one that serves people. He serves their best interest, and in doing so, will not always be one that is popular and not always be one that impresses. I'm going to tell you this. If you look at the story of Moses, Moses wasn't always the most popular person. And he wasn't living a life in order to impress those around him, but he was living a life in order to bless and serve those around him. See, he knew what his purpose was, and he knew what his calling was, and he knew, amen, what he was to do. And the Bible clearly says here in Hebrews, amen, now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. Are y'all with me today? 
God is good, amen? Praise the Lord. Go check on him real quick, Elliot. Maybe his blood pressure went up. We can pray for him. Oh, she's not, she's having trouble breathing. Let's pray for her. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today in the name of Jesus, Lord, and I thank you for your precious blood. I thank you for being a healer, God, and I just ask you to touch Carrie's body right now in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Ghost. Father God, let her airways open up, Father God. Let her be able to breathe completely, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare it, I command it, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Touch her in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. So when we talk about a servant, a servant is somebody that is, first of all, not always going to be popular. And second of all, they're not always going to be trying to impress somebody. But because a true servant or a true leader are one that is motivated by loving concern rather than a desire for personal glory. They are willing to pay a price. How many of y'all know it, it costs you something in order to be a servant of God? Sometimes it costs you. Sometimes it takes a little bit of sacrifice. Sometimes it takes you putting others before yourself. I wanted to go fishing yesterday. But God wanted me to fight demons. Fishing demons. Relaxing or they got drowned in the name of Jesus, but I still could miss fishing. But that's what it's about because guess what? When you're a servant of the Lord, amen, other people's situation sometimes becomes more important than yours. See, a true servant of the Lord is one that is concerned with others. It's one that will put others before them in their life. And it's not about a, a, a position, it's not about being glorified, it's not about any of that, amen, but it's simply about doing the best interest of the brethren. Are y'all with me today? You know, somebody has said this, you've got to love your people more than you love your position. You've got to love your people more than you love your position. And so servanthood is not about position and it's not about skill, but it's about attitude. See, sometimes you've got to have the right attitude. Are y'all with me today? Now, you know God is concerned with your heart. Hello? Hello? He's concerned with your attitude. 
And when we begin to want to be servants of the Lord, then we begin to care about what God cares about. We begin to love what God loves. We begin to hate what God hates. And I'm here to tell you right now, God, amen, loves and cares about his children. He cares about his church. He cares about his body. He cares about souls. He cares about, amen, those kind of things. And when we become, amen, a servant of the Lord, and we come in covenant with God, amen, and we get past this stage of salvation and being baby Christians, what ought to begin to manifest and develop in our life is a servant's heart and being concerned with other people, amen. How can I be a blessing? The Bible says, amen, that... There's no other love than to lay down your life for your brother. See, servanthood is, it's not about the position. It's not even about the skill. But it's about your attitude concerning the situation. So what does it mean to embrace the quality of servanthood? I'm glad you asked. I'm about to share it with you today. First of all, a true servant of the Lord or a true servant leader puts others ahead of his own agenda. I could have still gone fishing. I could have said, you know what, we'll deal with that later. Are y'all with me today? And God would have dealt with me. Hello. See, this is why it's so important to be in the spirit and not in the flesh. This is why it's important to be and live a life that's led by the spirit of God. So the first mark of servanthood is the ability to put others ahead of yourself and ahead of your personal desires. If you want to be a servant of the Lord, you've got to put others before yourself and before your desires. God wants us to be service. Well done, good and faithful servant. Moses was a testimony of a servant in the house of the Lord. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. Which one is better, the one that's sitting eating at the table or the one that's serving? The first will be last and the last will be first. You've got to put others ahead of your own agenda. See, I'm trying to help you get in this mindset, and I'm trying to help you get this kind of attitude, amen, because we have, you know, desires that we have. We have things that we want to do, amen. The Cowboys were playing on Sunday, and I wanted to watch them. But there were some people that needed to talk to me. And I obeyed the spirit of the Lord, and guess what? I, I, didn't, I didn't miss nothing anyways. The cowboys got blown out. By the Broncos. Blown out. I was talking to my pastor, and he was being optimistic. He said, man, that's just good. It's okay, man. It's just going to motivate them to get it going. I said, oh, man, I promise you. Getting chewed out in that locker room is going to motivate him. <laughs> I wanted to watch that Cowboys game. But it would have been too costly. 
if I would have ignored the spirit of the Lord telling me that I needed to meet with those people. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say God is good. See, putting others ahead of our own agenda is the first mark of servanthood. Amen. The next one is possessing the confidence to serve. So the real heart of servanthood is security. In other words, show me someone who thinks he is too important to serve, and I'll show you someone who is basically insecure. Are y'all with me today? So how you treat others is really a reflection of how we think about ourselves. So only secure, amen, people, only secure Christians, only secure leaders give power to others. If you're insecure, you won't serve because you're giving power to somebody else. Somebody say you got to be a servant. Are y'all with me today? Only secure Christians give power to others. Those that are servants are secure in who they are. They're not worried about what that person might think. Oh, they might think that I'm belittled because I'm coming and serving you. You know, if you look at it in perspective to this, Jesus was washing their feet. They said, how are, we, how are you going to wash our feet? No way. You're not going to wash my feet? What, you're the Messiah. But he was secure in where, who he was. He knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God. He knew that he was the savior of the world. He knew he was the Messiah. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know you're a child of God. You've got to know you're called by God. You've got to know you're anointed by God. You've got to know, amen, that you're a man of God or a woman of God. You've got to know that your father's the king. You've got to know that because if not, if you're insecure, you will not serve people because you'll think that it makes you look like you're less than them. Jesus knew who he was. Can you go wash the new homeboy's feet? Or is that going to make you look like... That can't be one of the leaders or directors just washing my feet. That guy must be a punk. You know, if you're a new believer, you're from the world, man. If somebody's coming to wash your feet, man, you're like, what the heck? These people gay? You got a foot fetish or what, man? I mean, you know, they see us hug each other and they start wondering, what's up with these people, man? Hugging on each other and stuff. Telling them they love each other. They must put something in the Kool-Aid around here. What do they want? They want something from me. Start getting that penitentiary mentality. I'm not going to be your punk. (laughs) 
God is good, amen. You might have to edit that out of the recording, amen. But a real heart of servanthood is secure. It's secure in who they are. Some people don't serve because they're insecure about who they are in Christ. So only secure people who give powers to others. And when you're serving people, you're giving power to them. Somebody say, you got to be secure in who you are. So it's, it's also true that only secure leaders exhibit servanthood. Are you all with me? A true servant Christian also initiates service to others. Somebody say initiate it. Just about anyone will serve if compelled to do so. If compelled to do so, almost anybody will serve. You know, compelled, I mean, I don't know what compels you. Maybe I can get a position if I do this. Maybe I can win some favor. Maybe I can get paid. Maybe I can look good in front of the pastor. Maybe I can get to go to sleep on time from the home director. Just anyone will serve if compelled to do so, but you really, you can really see the heart of somebody who initiates service to others. Somebody say initiate it. See, you can really see their heart when they initiate it. You ain't got to tell them nothing. You ain't got to give them a task. You ain't got to give them a responsibility. They see a need and they fulfill it. They see something that needs to be done, and they take care of it. They see something that needs to be cleaned up, they clean it up. They see something that, they see something, you know what I'm saying? Come on now. They see me getting out of my car, dropping my stuff on the ground, they just get it. They see somebody that's getting out of their car that's an older person, and they're having trouble walking, and they go help them and give them their arm. You ain't got to tell them nothing. You got to initiate service to others. And that's how you can really see somebody's heart. They ain't got to be told. They just do it. They see things. They identify things. Hey, look, this isn't put up. I'm going to do it. This, this isn't clean properly. I got to get in here and do it. These dishes are in the sink. I got to take care of it. This house isn't clean. I better clean it. Some of us won't even lift a finger in the house of God. What are you going to do when you get your own house? Is, it's going to be funky. I'm going to come knock on your door to say hello. You're not even going to let me in. You're going to crack the door. Man, I didn't expect him to come by. Funky. You better, if you ain't cleaning in the house of God, you definitely ain't going to clean as your house. 
No. But that's my stuff, Pastor. I'll clean my stuff. You know, sometimes we get to a point where we think we've arrived all of a sudden. I'm past that servant stuff. That was for the new believer in the first part of the deal. I've been here long enough. I deserve to be served. Sit at the table. They said Moses was a testimony of a servant in all the house. Someone say you got to initiate it. Great leaders see the need and they seize, amen, the opportunity to serve without expecting anything in return. How many of us are at a point now where we won't even serve unless we are getting something in return? What am I getting out of this? What's in it for me? Why should I have to do that? Somebody say, change your heart. A great servant, a great man or woman of God sees the need and they seize the opportunity to serve. A true servant leader also is not position conscious. In other words, servant leaders don't focus on rank or position. They have a great sense of serving others. Are y'all with me today? And a true servant leader serves out of love. In other words, amen, servanthood is not motivated by manipulation or self-promotion, but it is fueled by love, amen. That's why he says you've got to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And you've got to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because when you have love, amen, it will motivate you to serve. That's why I tell them, you got to fall in love with Jesus. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to want to serve God for the rest of your life. And you've got to stay in love with Jesus. Because if you don't stay in love with Jesus, you're not going to want to serve. Because you're serving out of gratefulness and you're serving, amen, out of love. You know what it is? When you love people, you want to do something for them. You want to bless them, amen. You want to lay down your life for them. You want to make sure they're taken care of. You want to make sure they got the best. You want to put them first. And I know some of us are still selfish, especially us guys, you know what I'm saying? Hello? I'm still growing out of that. I've seen a trend a lot of times when men, they're still young in the Lord and they get married. All I hear from their wife is they're selfish. You can't get them to do nothing. They want to make sure I do everything, but I can't get them to do nothing. Hey, 
And I remember my wife saying those exact words, man, about me. I had to grow up too. Some of us, we see the trash can overflowing, man. It's like stuff's like coming out and stuff, you know what I'm saying? And like on the ground and stuff, man. And we just walk by. Man, why didn't she take care of this? What's wrong with her? No, what's wrong with you? Now, there's some women that are sorry, too, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't know what clean was, amen? You don't even want to hear the doctrine I got taught when I was younger in secular recovery, boy. I ran into this lady. She had this clean car, amen? And I told her about it. She said... Well, the cleanliness of your car is the cleanliness of your hygiene and your body. I said, okay. Praise the Lord. I'm going to marry me someone with a clean car then. I'm just joking. It was false doctrine. She wasn't saved. Focus, servant leaders don't focus on rank or position, man. It's not about a position. It's not about rank. It's not about spotlight. It's not about any of that. And they have a great sense of serving others. Are you all with me? And they serve out of love, man. Servanthood is motivated, amen, by love, not by manipulation, not by self-promotion, amen. And so the extent of your influence, listen to this, because I've been, I preached about influence for quite a while. The extent of your influence depends on the depth of your concern for others. No concern, little influence. Great concern, much influence. No service, no influence. Much service, great influence. Try serving your wife, see what happens. Are you afraid, amen, that uh, you insecure about what it might do? Well, it might begin to blo- let her blossom into something beautiful. You might bring the best out in her. She might cook you some good dinner with a smile. Instead of throwing it at you, and make your own darn dinner. Fast food. Well, wait till you start paying bills. You ain't have no money for no fast food. Not if you're a newlywed. Ramen noodles, I promise you. See, the penitentiary did something good for some of us. You ain't going to starve to death. God did, God did a number on me. He may be allergic to ramen noodles, boy. I was like, man, I'm stuck out now. Yeah, I cook my my wife dinner when you know she don't let me cook now, but <laughs> but I cooked her dinner. My specialty, macaroni casserole. <laughs> you take a box of macaroni and cheese, preferably Kraft. 
You take some cream of mushroom soup and a can of tuna fish. And you throw a little milk in there and a little salt and pepper and a little bit of butter. And if you ain't got no milk, amen, well, we throw a little water. Hey, I thought that was gourmet food, man. My mom cooked me that for every meal that she had. She didn't like to cook. I didn't know that. And my dad traveled all the time. That's all she cooked. That's all I ever learned. That's all she cooked. I thought that's what, what, that, that's what we ate. Everybody ate. You know? It's like a Hispanic person eating nothing but beans and rice. That's, that's what we eat, man. What? Like a black person eating chicken, man. That's what we eat. I don't throw nothing at me. I'm not racist. <laughs> the extent of your influence depends on the depth of your concern for others. And that's why it's so important for leaders to be willing to serve. Because if you're not serving the people, you don't have no influence. Are you all with me? And so to improve your servanthood, for those of you that want to improve it, I know everybody in here wants to improve it. Amen. Including me. We got to do a few things. First of all, we got to perform some small acts. In other words, I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you performed a small act of kindness for others? Hello. Second thing is we got to learn to walk slowly through the crowd. In other words, you got to make it your job to know people's needs, their wants, and their desires. And the next thing is you got to move into action. You can think about it all day. You can want it, but if you don't do nothing, what does it mean? You know, there's a saying, you know, I judge myself by my intentions, and the world judges me by my actions. Now, I don't have a scripture for that, but amen. You can put that down in the sayings of Pastor Raymond. But we ought to be faithful servants like Moses. And being a faithful servant is something that begins at salvation. And so the Holy Spirit will help you to develop the faithfulness in you, amen. What's called a faithful spirit. Somebody say a faithful spirit. And in the world we were faithful to the devil and to ourselves and we were selfish. But today God wants all Christians to be faithful to him and to his household. See, Moses was somebody that was faithful to God, and he was faithful to the house of God. You've got to be faithful to God, and you've got to be faithful to God's people. And God wants you to be faithful in the little things before he can give you the big things. Some of us have some big dreams and some big visions and some big plans, amen. And God may have shown it to us, but first he's waiting to see if you can be faithful in the little things, so that he can begin to know that you'll be faithful in the big things. He wants to know that you can be faithful, amen, with somebody else's things. So that he can begin to trust you with your things. If you don't serve in this ministry, what makes you think you're going to serve in your own ministry? 
oh, all of a sudden you're going to be motivated, huh? Then apparently your motives and intentions are wrong. In other words, you're driven by what you're getting out of it. But when you can serve when you're not getting nothing out of it, that's when you truly have the heart of a servant. I know I'm not preaching the most popular message. But it said a servant of God isn't going to always be the most popular. God is good, amen? I want you to know this, saints. Everyone is called to be a servant of God. But how many of y'all know only a few respond? And I'm going to tell you why. You say, well, why, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. The reason why is because there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. I'm going to read to you real quick out of John, the gospel, in chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 60 real quick. John chapter 6 and verse 60, if I can get there. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? And what then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. And the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who it was that would betray him. And he was saying, for this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. And as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. See, when they found out that it was going to cost them something, they weren't willing to pay the price. They started walking with him. But whenever it began to cross their desires or their will, some of them left. Are you all with me today? Somebody say, it's gonna, there's going to be a price to pay. And God is a God of purpose, amen. I want you to know that. And God called you out of the world and delivered you so that you could serve him. Amen. You know, I want you to share with you the story of the ten lepers. Amen. You all remember them? And we look, and what was the purpose of the ten lepers? For them to go and to preach the gospel, to serve God. And how many of y'all know only one former leper, amen, was willing to serve God? And so those nine lepers missed the calling of God, and I believe they went back, amen, to their old way, amen. And they probably, they probably got in the same condition that they were. Amen. Are you all with me today? And the reason why is because they had rejected the purpose of God for their lives. See, God has a purpose for you, and that is to serve in the kingdom of God and to serve his people. Are you all with me? I'm almost done. I'll preach something more popular next time, amen. 
And a lot of times what happens is Christians, they become out of uh, God's perfect will because they're not willing to pay the price and they walk out of their purpose. The reason why God saved you and delivered you and healed you and set you free. Because we think it's just all about us. But he has a greater purpose for that. And that is to use you for the kingdom of God. Are you all with me? Only one out of the ten came back. And that's why I tell the guys in the home, I said, look, don't, don't get the leaders. I said, don't get discouraged, man. If only one out of the ten lepers came back, how, what makes you think that more than one out of ten is going to stay and actually carry out the will of God? Are y'all with me today? And so they were, these lepers, they weren't doing the will of God according to God's purpose, amen? And, and you've got to find your purpose, but amen? And so I want to share with you real quick about three characteristics that are important in a person who's called. <clears throat> and we're all called. I want you to know that. And the first one, write this down, is faithfulness. Genesis chapter 2 in verse 15 and 16. See, God created Adam and he had a purpose for him. And when God saved you, he also had a purpose for you. In verse 15 and 16, he says, Then the Lord God took the men and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. What did he put him in there for? He gave him purpose. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree of the garden, you may eat freely. I'm going to stop right there. So he gave Adam a purpose. He said, you put him in the garden for a purpose. Go back to that first verse, 15. He put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. When he puts you somewhere, it's for a purpose. So the question is, are you going to be faithful with what God has called you to do? God has saved you for a purpose that you can serve in the kingdom of God and the house of God. And that you can serve the people of God. Somebody say, you got to be responsible. Somebody say, you got to take care of your garden. You know, a lot of times we find out that many people and many men and even women are irresponsible. And God has commanded us to be responsible. See, Adam took his responsibility seriously, and he named all the animals and all the birds and the livestock, amen, and Adam took care of that area in his life. And even though Adam was single, amen, did y'all know Adam was single at first? Hello. But even as him being single, or those of you that are, be faithful and responsible, and then God will bless you with a, com a companion. First, he put him in the Garden of Eden, and he gave him responsibility. And guess what? Adam took care of responsibility. 
If you can't even be irresponsible with what God's given you right now, what makes you think you're going to be able to be responsible with him giving you more? If you're not even responsible with your own life, how are you going to be responsible with somebody else's life? And I know all of y'all are praying, give me a wife, give me a husband, give me a wife. You know what I'm saying? That you look over at the homegirls and you're not supposed to be looking. That's my wife. <laughs> and then you're fasting and praying and everything. You know, putting ashes and, and, and everything on you. <laughs> Claiming it in Jesus' name. And then you find out she's married. And then you start praying for her to get divorced. And then you forget that you're married. Hello? Hey, life's a trip, man. We can have fun, though. You know. Adam took care of the area in his life. Amen. Somebody say, be faithful. Somebody say, be responsible. Somebody say, then God will bless you. Some of y'all want a car, amen, but you can't even take care of the cars here. Got 9,000 miles past the oil chain, man. And Hello? Or uh, even us in the church, man, we want a new car, but we don't take care of the one we got. We ain't got no spare. We ain't got no jack. Somebody say servanthood. Go to Ephesians real quick, chapter 6, verse 5, and I'm going to read 5 and 6, and man, we're about to wrap this thing up. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart, as to Christ. Not by way of eye service, as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. Are you doing what you're doing so people can see you? So that you can look pleasing to man? Because if that's the case, you're never going to have a servant's heart. The worship team can come forward. 
See, if God wants us to serve, even worldly bosses, amen, he wants us to serve them with, with a whole heart. But how much more, if he wants us to serve that, how much more does he want us to serve, amen, in the house of God? How much more does he want us to serve the things of God? If he wants us to serve a worldly boss with our whole heart, not in a manner of pleasing them, but in a manner of pleasing the Lord, how much more do you think he wants you to serve, amen, in the things of God? Are you all with me? See, every Christian is called to be a servant in God's house. You've been called for a purpose, amen? We're looking for, God is looking for servants, not superstars. Some of us, we want to be a superstar. that you get a servant's heart. Look real quick, and I'm going to close with this in Matthew chapter 20. Starting in verse 20. Put it up there, son. Look at this. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, command that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine may sit one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus answered, He says, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, my cup you shall drink, but sit on my right and on my left. And this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercised authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great. If you want to be great, Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be my servant. It is not this way among you. Go to the next verse, son. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And just as the sons of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. 
Go back to verse 25. 26. He said, it is not this way among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Come on, stand to your feet. everything that God's called you to be. I pray that he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. See, when you become a Christian, it's not about you anymore. It's about others. That's why he says, those that are in the flesh, the flesh is self. The flesh is about you. about me, 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 and more me, and more me, and me, and me, and me. What I want, how I want it, when I want it, what I want. But the Spirit is about others. That's why he says, walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. He says, those who are in the flesh cannot please me. put others first, you got to focus on others we got to become servants of the Lord and I pray that God touches your heart tonight we're going to sing, we're going to get up out of here, amen but you ask God to help you, amen, you ask God to give that to you in your life and develop it in you to where somebody don't have to tell you nothing somebody don't have to tell you to do something you don't have to be told to clean something up, you don't have to be told to do something because you had a love. Because you love, you love, you love, you love God. And you love people. You love souls. Amen. You love, amen. Your love, your love is pushing you forward. Amen. Amen. It's motivating you. It's driving you. Amen. To do this. Amen. So let's go to the Lord and let's ask him for that today. I believe he'll give it to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, come on, pray with me, saints. Lift your hands to heaven. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, help us, Lord. Help us, God, to walk in a greater love, God, a love for others, Lord God, more concerned about them than ourselves, Lord God. Let us put others before us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You are worthy, King Jesus. Come, my King, and have your way, Holy Ghost. Oh, I got it, I'm